Hi, brothers and sisters. It is great to be back, and sadly, it's our last week of Isaiah. Yes, thank you. That's what we always think, I know. It's hard to finally give it up, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, they're all like, no, I'm, I'm excited to do something else. Um, it has been a real blessing to, to have an opportunity to go through it in such depth. So I wanna, again, express my gratitude to the other instructors who let me steal all the time uh, so that I could make this more of a personal study. And I appreciate all of the comments and the effort that you've all made. I was going back through some notes, for example, and realized that you guys have not only learned some of the deep doctrines of Isaiah, but you've learned some obscure things, like the capital of Assyria. And, uh, and so I'm proud of you. I'm proud of, of what you have brought to bear so far. So thank you very much uh, for doing that. I think it's going to make a difference in our scripture study across the board. Today, what I have for us and the last handout I may ever make um, <laughs> is this, you know, once I started, I couldn't stop. I did it in color again. You can take, thank Karmatech for that. Um, so I'll pass those out. Uh, it's more of an outline of some of the stuff we went over last week, but I did want you to have it as well. Wait, did I leave myself a copy? Hold on. While you're passing it out, let me get my copy. Huh, that's good news. I wrote some notes on mine, so I can, who am I kidding? I'm not going to read them. Oh, there they are. Okay. Um, today I've gone back to some of my old style, which is uh, lots of information and less structure in my head, so I apologize up front if none of this makes any sense. But I wanted to start today, because it's our last of the five-part series in Isaiah, by starting with Third Nephi. So get your little books out. We are going to go to Third Nephi. And let's read 3 Nephi 23. You guys know this one. Uh, the Savior has been teaching in the, uh, in the Americas. And so he has, has taken a moment to, to, to step back and look through the scriptures. So somebody read for me 3 Nephi 23. And I'd like to do verses 1 through 5. So does anybody have that? Um, Isaiah, it's a lot easier than reading Isaiah. Mitchell. And now behold, I say unto you that ye ought to search these things. A commandment I give unto you that ye search these things diligently. For great are the words of Isaiah. For surely he spake as touching all things concerning my people, which are of the house of Israel. Therefore it must needs be that he must speak also to the Gentiles. And all things that he spake have been and shall be even according to the words which he spake. Therefore, give heed to my words, write the things which I have told you, and according to, that, to the time and the will of the Father, they shall go forth unto the Gentiles. And whosoever will hearken unto my words, and repenteth and is baptized, the same shall be saved. Search the prophets, for many, for many there be that testify of these things. Thank you. Thank you. You've heard, you've heard this one before, right? I mean, I usually get at least through first, uh, first Nephi in my reading, but here's third, third Nephi, and he says uh, a famous quote about Isaiah. What was it? Did you catch it? Greater the words of Isaiah. We, we've heard that before, right? Do we, do we feel like it? Yeah, mostly I don't. Before this last lesson, I'm going to be honest. 
I would read that and go, yeah, I guess, but I, I'm not sure that I'm following all of it. Or even if I get parts of it, I, okay, so what? What do I do with that? Who cares? Am I the only one? Can I make that confession? Then I'm like, great, first Nephi, that was action-packed. You know, I think um, Diane and I were talking and, and we both commiserated or at least shared the story of, you, you're like, I'm gonna double down in scripture study this year. I'm really gonna be good. I'm gonna get into the Book of Mormon. And so you get your notebooks out and you put your headphones, turn off the TV and you get a space and you're like, I'm ready. I'm gonna really read the Book of Mormon. And you get into First Nephi and it's action-packed, right? I mean, there, there, there's murder and mayhem and their you know, brothers are beating up on each other and they're fleeing and you're like, oh, this is the best story. This is so spiritual. And um, there are visions of trees and you're like, okay, okay, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. And then what happens? Er, right? And you're like, okay, I was reading something and I was like, did you win? I don't know. Oh, look, I made it to Jacob. Um, so, okay, so we've all had that experience, right? We've all had that experience. And I know we've spent a lot of time in the last four weeks going through Isaiah, but I, I'm a little bit like, yeah, so what? So what? So let's take today and try to answer the question uh, of so what? Or, as Christ said, greater the words of Isaiah. He says a couple of reasons why. He says a couple of reasons why. So go back to that third Nephi scripture that Michelle read so well and see if you can pick out any of it. Uh, verse 2, did anybody find anything? Uh, he's touching. So Isaiah touches all things. Uh, keep going. All things through the house of Israel. Okay, great. And I heard something else. What was it? And everyone must speak to the house of Israel, must speak about the Gentiles. Yeah. And so you're like, okay. Um, so it's important because it's going to talk about the, the, yeah. You're like, oh, that's good news. That cleared it right off. I feel much better about that. Um, I'm going to just leave it up there. I'm not sure that that meant anything to me yet. So I'm going to trust the Lord right now and just say, okay, keep going. And then uh, what else? Verse 3. What else did, why else did he say it was important? All things shall come to pass. That all things shall come to pass. What does that mean in, in English? What he says is going to happen is going to happen. Everything's going to happen. So those prophecies, right, and events, and I, I like the word trust. I'm stuck on it right now, so you're going to hear it a lot from me. But we can trust the Lord that when he says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. So you're saying, man even though times are tough, or even though I don't understand it, or even though I'm waiting, or whatever, I'm going to trust that everything that he says is going to come to pass. Come to pass. Now, take a second and think. If you were ancient Judah or Israel, what things would you be hoping were going to come to pass if you were in Isaiah's time? Now, it's 150 years, so... <coughs> Lots of answers could be possible. But just take a second and say, if you were part of the house of Israel in Isaiah's time, what things are you hoping are going to come to pass? Just think about it for a second. Huh. I hope ice cream gets invented. <laughs> no? That's why when I came up with that one? All right, let's come back to it. Keep, just keep thinking about it. Keep thinking about it. Ice cream isn't correct. Um... What other things are in this scripture? We read through a couple more verses. 
What else? Anything else that we missed on uh, these just a few verses that Christ spoke about? Why the, why the words are great? Because they'll get to the Gentiles. Okay. I'm going to just put a little star here because you're right on track there, Lord. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. We have a framework. So far, I don't know that the framework has inspired me, but I'm like, I'm going to trust the Lord. He's telling us something. All right. You ready to change gears again? Let's put back our way back hats again and go back to Nephi. Go back to Nephi. Nephi leaves during this exact period of time, right? The Lehites leave. So the Assyrians have come, they've taken the northern kingdom, and then and that happens in 722. I got the years wrong, I noticed last time, so don't listen to me, I'm just making up numbers. But in 722 um, BC, the, uh, the Assyrians have already taken out the northern tribes, and in about... <laughs> I was afraid of the Assyrians, and it didn't work out well for those of you who didn't see it. Well, no, it might be correct. No. Man, the state president's here, you guys. I just, I'm just going to put, thank you. That's distracting. Okay. I was worth thinking about the years. Okay, so, and then um, Jerusalem is going to be sacked in 586. Um, do you want to know how I know that? I looked it up. August 14th. There's an actual day. Um, just as an aside, I know some of you know, I started a theology degree. And um, so we don't study this other part. This is what we study. Super useful. Um, I had to do this last week in one of my quizzes. I had to draw a map of Israel. And I was like, oh, I do that like every week. And I got 100% on the map. And then I had to do a timeline. I was like, I also got 100% on that. I didn't get, I got too many commas in the essay. Too many commas. So. <laughs> so it's good to know that school is teaching the important things. Okay. Too many commas. All right. So uh, Nephi leaves, though, right around this period of time, right? So the Lehites are leaving Jerusalem in this period of time. Now, something that's interesting about Nephi is that he writes uh, a couple of books, right? He writes the book of First Nephi, and he writes the book of... Second Nephi, you know, like all the prophets do. I mean, there's first Alma and second Alma. No, no, it's first Mosiah. No, wait, it's the book of Joshua and fifth Joshua. Wait, is that weird? Have you ever noticed that? Why is that? Why does he write, why does he break them up? He tells us in first Nephi 19, let's go there. Oh, ooh, I think you're on the right track. Let's read what he says. Um, 1st Nephi 19.3. Uh, so while you're looking that up, let's review the timeline. He leaves, right? He leaves, uh, he's, he's young, uh, Nephi, with Lehi and his family. Pick up Ishmael and his family. They head over. And about 30 years later, right? 30 years later, he compiles, he works on the plates. Multiple choice. Are the, the plates are A, super easy to engrave on, <laughs> to, B. oh B, thank you, A, super easy, B, <laughs> kind of easy, hard to erase, C, uh, really hard, I can't believe they're making me use these. C, right, they're super hard to ride on, and so, and so you're like, oh, if I'm going to put anything on these, they're going to be important, 
right? And I'm going to have it well thought out. I'm going to have it well thought out. Um, and so he's had a lot of time to think through what's happened to him, his family, and his people. And he's got the brass plates, right? He's got the Bible basically with him. And he's, he's looking at it and he says, um, I'm going to make these plates in a couple of ways. Let's read um, 1 Nephi 19.3. Does anybody have that? Uh, Ashley. 3.19 or 19.3? Um, 19.3, sorry. 1 Nephi 19.3, page 44. And after I had made these plates by way of commandment, I, Nephi, received a commandment that the ministry and the prophecies, the more plain and precious parts of them should, them should be written upon these plates, and that the things which were written should be kept for the instruction of my people who should possess the land, and also for other wise purposes, which purposes are known unto the Lord. Okay, so why were they... So he's writing these plates, and he has, he doesn't call them this exactly in this verse, but he has the large plates, and he has these plates that he just talked about. Why is he making these plates? What's on them? What's its purpose? Marilyn? It's the instruction of the, instruction of the people. Exactly. What kind of instruction? Like politics and history? No. no. The spiritual things. Okay, good. The spiritual things. And what's the reason that they're put on there? Did you see it? What, why does he use them? Knowledge of the Their knowledge, yeah, for the people that are going to live there and for some other wise purpose. Right? I don't know why. But he doesn't know why. I don't know why I'm making a book that's called Second Nephi versus First Nephi. Right? I don't know why they're split exactly. Um, I, but I do know they're for the people that will be here and, and for the Lord's purpose. Okay, so he's going to write 1 Nephi, and he's going to say, I'm going to write this story of 1 Nephi, and it's going to say, kind of, how would you summarize it? How they got there, like, how it happened, right? Who the players are, right? All the action, right? What else? And what? Why? Why? Why they're here? Who are these people, right? It's the exciting part. And then he says, I'm going to make this second section that's for the people that are going to be here. Who are those? Who are the people that are going to maintain the land? Who? Uh, oh, us. Okay, so that's bad news because we just said we didn't like it. Okay, good. And what else? What else? And for a what wise purpose? Hmm. Yeah, because he was told to. Okay. But he actually even says later, he says, I went overboard for what the Lord told me to do. Yeah, he says, okay, so I, I did a little bit more. You know, again, the plates are super fun, and I got into it. You got to love Nephi. Okay, so he does this. So what's the majority, though, that we find, obviously? You can see I said, yeah. What's the second Nephi? What's the majority of second Nephi? Okay, that just, that helped. Um, let's look at what he does. Let's go back. Remember that. Don't forget that part. Right? You're making me feel bad back there sleeping. <laughs> Everyone's like, poor Brad, don't be Brad. I love you, Brad. Okay. Isaiah, we did this structure, right? It's on the top of your handout. We did this structure of Isaiah. Isaiah has two kind of halves. This is an oversimplification, but it's easy for me to remember. So he has these two halves of the book that are linked together. What are, what's in the first half? Judgment. Judgment. 
And what do we do with that? You do the song. Dun, dun, dun. Judgment, right? What's on the second half? Hope. Hope of what was it? Redemption. Who is the hope? Christ. Okay. So what's this little linking part? You remember? There are these prophecies of this remnant that's sent out. That it isn't just the people in Israel, but there are these remnants, possibly more than one, but these remnants that the Lord is going to save, and this remnant is going to be part of this saving. This remnant is going to come back and help save. So it goes like this. It goes like this. So the Jews and the house of Israel will be given over to the Gentiles. Oh, I ran out of space. <coughs> but the Gentiles, right, will bring back and save the Jews in the house of Israel, right? So the Lord tells us that the house of Israel and the Gentiles, everything in Isaiah covers this, this story. Right? He says in, in 3 Nephi that it's going to talk about the house of Gentile, or the house of Israel and the Gentiles, and it's going to call about. It's going to tell us this story. Jews first, then the Gentiles, but the Gentiles are going to come back. So what does Nephi tell the story about? Let's look at let's look at a couple verses and see if we can pick it up. I'm going to stay, I'm going to actually stay in um, in the Book of Mormon, I hope. Let's go to 2 Nephi 9. Do you guys remember who is speaking in 2 Nephi 9? I know this is like tricky because we're supposed to be in the Old Testament. Yeah, it's Jacob. And who's Jacob in relation to Nephi? You guys are good. This is like Book of Mormon 101 stuff, but A+. Plus. Um, he talks about this. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go back because I think it's actually... I want to go back. I want to go back to 6, 2nd by 6. So it's still Jacob, and he says that he's been called, and it's like general conference. And he says, 2nd Nephi 6, I'm going to start in 3. And he says that he's been called, and I'm just going to jump in a little bit in 2, and he says, uh, Behold, you know that I have spoken unto you exceedingly many things. Nevertheless, I speak unto you again, for I am desirous for the welfare of your souls. Yea, mine anxiety is great for you, and, and ye yourselves know that it has ever been. For I have exhorted you with all diligence, I have taught you the words of my Father, and I have spoken of you concerning all things which are written from the creation of the world. And behold, I would speak unto you concerning things which are and which are to come, wherefore, I'm going to use the words of Isaiah. And they are the words which my brother has assigned to me as a conference talk. I mean the words that my brother has desired that I speak to you. And I speak to you for your sakes. And he says, first, you guys are the house um, of Israel. And so you can, this can be uh, told to you. So let's go to verse 6. Verse 6 is the same as Isaiah 60, 16. Somebody read for me 6, 6, uh, 2 Nephi 6, <coughs> 6 and 7. <coughs> this is, I think, one of these reasons why it's super powerful of why it's in here. So listen carefully. Let me say that again. This verse is a clue 
to why Nephi is saving it for his people and for us. This verse. All right, who had it? Both six and seven. Please. And now these are the words. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring my hands in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their faces towards the earth, and lift up the dust of thy feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Oh, did you catch it? Did you see what was going on there? What's happened to the people in Jerusalem? Where are they now in, the, in Jacob's time? What happened scattered. to them? They're scattered. They're in exile. They're scattered. Wait, they're scattered? I thought they were the ones that had the covenant. I thought they were the ones that had the promise. I thought they were the ones that Abraham, that, that the Davidic king was going to come through, this nations of priests, what, this peculiar people. What do you mean they're in exile? That's distressing. Okay. Where's Nephi? He's in, he's in Jerusalem, right? Living well. No. Where is he? Yeah. Well, and wait a minute. Where are his brothers? They're getting along well with him too, right? No. He's saying, this isn't working out at all like we thought. Right? I thought that we were going to be saved. I thought the Lord was going to protect us from our enemies, that we would have Posterity, a place to put it, the priesthood. What am I quoting right now? Abraham Abrahamic covenant. I th- and I thought that through us, we were going to bless all the nations. And we are this little group of people somewhere in the Americas, beaten up by the older brothers. Right? But what does he see here in this verse? It's going to change. It's going to change. He sees hope. Hope that... The Lord's covenants will be restored. Remember, what does he say? I have set my hand to the gen. Uh, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles, and I will set my standard to the people. What does that mean? Gospel. Okay, but literally, what does the word standard to my people mean? It's a flag. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a flag, and I'm going to give this flag to the Gentiles. Okay, so fast forward to our day. Who are the Gentiles? Welcome, Gentiles, right? I know you have your patriarchal blessings, but stay with me for a second. We're the Gentiles, and he's going to give the Gentiles a flag. He's going to set his standard, the Jesus flag. I'm on the Jesus team, right? You can decide what that flag looks like to you. Mine is very glittery, right? (laughs) Very transcendent, probably bedazzled some kind. (laughs) But he's going to set that standard with the Gentiles. And then what's going to happen? Did you catch it? And they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be on thy shoulders. And the kings of the Gentiles and the queens of the Gentiles are going to be bringing back the Jews and the house of Israel victoriously like children in their arms. So the exile, the destruction, the distrust, the anger will all be wiped away because in the future, the standard is going to be set and they're going to be carried back on their shoulders. Can you see the image? Like a little girl on your shoulder, right? You're walking, a little kid on your shoulders. Yeah, piggyback, here we go. 
But it's not just anybody pigging back, pigging them back. Is that a verb to pig back? <laughs> it didn't work. Carrying them in their arms, it's the kings and queens of the Gentiles. Who are the kings and queens of the Gentiles? Like Prince Harry, right? Maybe. Who else? Yeah. We are. We are, right? Then all of this stuff that's happened, it's going to be set right. And they're going to come bringing this good news. In fact, the scripture that he used, right? Um, Isaiah 2. No, Isaiah. How beautiful are upon the on the mountain? Are the feet. Thank you. Say, let's sit, say it again. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet. Right? Remember the story? Right? That when a new king comes, the messenger runs and the watchmen are on the hills. You can't see it, but I'm acting up. <laughs> and, uh, and they're watching, right? Jerusalem's been sacked, so they're watching, and they see the messenger come, and he's like, good news. Good news. I have good news. I bring a message of good news, right? That you will be saved. The new king is coming, and the king that's been promised is coming. So not only are we bringing the flag, right? But the messenger has come, and he's brought the good news of the salvation of the people, right? So Nephi looks to this linking thing, this, this story about these prophecies of the remnant being saved. Why is he so interested in the remnant being saved? Who is he? He's the remnant. His family is the remnant. We're the ones that are taken out of Jerusalem. A remnant will be carved off, and this remnant will come back. Right? How is the God... So this, this saving... This whole thing coming together is going to come back in the last days through the kings and queens Gentiles, right? Carrying a certain standard. If the standard isn't bedazzled, what could the standard be? Are there any, is there anything that, that uh, we have today that we're bringing back? The scriptures, temple covenants, the ordinances, the priesthood, the authority, right? Yeah, fancy clothes and ice cream. That's how I see it, because that would be saving. Um, Yeah, the Lord's going to reestablish his covenant with his people, and he is going to gather them again finally and save everyone, right? So this second part of Isaiah, second Isaiah, is the more sacred part that's going to lead us up and tell us this story, right? And he's only really going to do Isaiah 1 through 14, uh, 40, 50, 50, through maybe 53. It's about that. The same sections that we just talked about, 1 through 14, judgment, what's going to happen, as well as in there, there are the prophecies of the seed, right? Prophecies of Emmanuel being born in a virgin. These are all in the odds, so they're easy to remember, 9, 7, 9, and 11. Um, that there's this hope. This hope is coming, and then in 50 on, the remnant's going to help restore, and it's going to be brought. This idea, the saving of the Lord's people, is that... 
helpful at all in understanding Second Nephi? Yeah. It's like the whole point of existence, all wrapped in to Second Nephi. Right? So as challenging as it is to read, right, brothers and sisters, it's the whole point of the gospel. Is it that the Lord's made covenants with his people and he is going to return or has returned and he is there to save all of us. Yeah. It's also the only time in scripture when the Lord was specific about what he wanted us to study. Yeah, isn't it? He says, I want you to study this. I do love that same section now because he goes, hey, where's Samuel and Lamanite? Didn't I tell him? Yeah, we didn't like him. We didn't put him in there. Yeah, right. Is way, yeah. Oh, well, I'll go put it there. So very specifically says, go read this, right? Go read this. Um, thoughts, questions, any ahas? Russ? Just when he prophesied, it was to different levels at different places at different times. And so he's essentially telling the people back then, the Lord will smite and scatter his people because they have not repented. And then the time will come and the place will come and the people will come wherein they will be redeemed. Yeah. And it will happen in a different time on a different continent. Yeah, a different time and a different place and different people. With different people, which is not what we thought. But isn't that the point that it touches on these things? It touches on the covenants. Yeah. Um, yes. I was just going to say that's what I've gotten from Isaiah is covenants. Yeah. We make and keep sacred covenants or we don't. But when we do, when we keep those covenants, we're good. Yeah. We can, we can be, be, at, be at peace knowing that we've done that yeah. and be patient. Because he says, you know, those that wait on the Lord will not be ashamed. Yeah, it'll work out. Mm-hmm. That's why I like that word. I like the word trust. If I, was, if I was in Isaiah's time, or I was in Nephi's time, or I was in my time, <laughs> I might say that not everything has gone exactly as I hoped, right? Isaiah's time, right? I thought we were going to be this mighty nation. It's all going to work out. Our God was great. He was going to protect us. Okay, we sinned. I mean, we might have had some child sacrifice and things in there. But, you know, those things aside, I can't believe that that the Lord has let this happen to us. Um, In Nephi's time, how does it work out for Nephi's people? Good, right? You're laughing. Yeah, well, for what? It depends on what year. Yeah, yeah, it depends on what year. For the most part, net, net, net it out for me. How, how does the story of the Nephites end? Not well yet. Right? Not well yet. But the prophecies of the Jews and the house of Israel, we call a book, we call it what? Oh, good, the Bible. And the prophecies of the Nephites, we call what? Book of Mormon. And they all tell a story of who? And that we can trust him that he will make things right. It might not be soon. It might not be the way we want. But greater the words of Isaiah, they tell us that that he is still... Christ and he will still save us. That it will work out in the end. That he will make things 
right. That all the promises and all the prophecies in these two will be fulfilled. Right? I think we can take it for granted. Oh yeah, they're going to work out. But aren't there times when you go, really? Is this better? Yeah. I think we've all had dark moments, right? Where you say, I don't know. Sometimes I find the scripture to be cold comfort. Am I the only one? Can I give you an example? If it's not too personal? Because it isn't that personal. You know me. I don't know if you know, but I'm not married. (laughs) And it might be a little challenging to come to a church that's all about families. Right? And you're like, well, what am I doing wrong? I mean, look at me. I am gorgeous. Right? Sassy. I make good money. I don't get this at all. I know lots of jerky people who are married, none of you. (laughs) I guess I don't try very hard or whatever, but it's like, hey, how is this supposed to work out? Oh, Lori, it'll work out in the life to come. (laughs) Yeah, let me hold someone else's kid. Well, someday, life to come. That makes me feel better. You're like, whatever, life to come. Right? Am I the only one? That promise seems kind of, yeah, life to come, yeah. I guess sometime. I guess I'll care then. Sucks now. Right? Anybody ever had moments like that besides me? Oh, yeah. 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 Where you say, wait a minute. I thought the Lord, if I trusted in the Lord, and I followed, I tried. I tried following my covenants. I tried doing the things. I thought it would all be better. I bet the original pioneers thought that, too. Right? I joined the church, I thought this was going to be better. This tarring and feathering, I didn't really sign up for. Being driven out of the United States, I don't know if I signed up for, right? Yeah. Yeah. Being picked on across the world, I'm not sure that's what I signed up for. Well, yes. But I have trust in the Lord, right, that he will make it right. World to come, I don't know. I don't worry too much about it. But I do trust that his, all of his promises and all of his prophecies will be fulfilled, right? I don't always get it, but at least I can say, I don't have to understand it. I just have to trust. I just have to trust. <coughs> and that's what Nephi tells his people. Read Isaiah. Their whole civilization is just completely destroyed. They're torn down. And he says, trust in the Lord that he's still coming and that he will save his people. So he says this trust becomes faith in the Lord, right? Faith in Christ. And I think if I were Isaiah or if I were Nephi, they see a vision of their people being completely destroyed. But they also see a vision of a standard coming forth in the last days that will help redeem all people. Is it all people just living though, right? It's not all people just living. It's all people what? Forever. Yeah, forever. So it's, it's all worthwhile, right? So I think Nephi gathers up those sections of Isaiah that tell that story. That we're a remnant and that Christ will be born 
and he will come and he will save his people. Right? And if he could share anything with today's remnant, it's that. You are that remnant. You carry that standard. Beautiful are the feet. Right? You are it. We are it. All the prophets are looking forward to saying, I'm counting on you to carry this forth and save everyone and bring them back on your shoulders and carry them in your arms and save them. Could there be a more beautiful message that you would share in the scriptures than Christ has come and with you you can save all mankind? Incredible, incredible people aren't the ones that are here today. It's us. And that has been very... No pressure. Yeah. But isn't isn't that... But that should give us confidence in our faith and in our trust and in the redemption and in the atonement that we chose to be here now because I thought, wow, all of these past prophets that would have given anything to be here now at this juncture. And here we are. Yeah. Here we are. So, Russ. Redemption will come through the descendants for them because they are the ancestors, which yeah. all incorporates the temple work. Exactly. And the genealogy, but more than just that. Right. It's going to just tie all of the families mm-hmm. back together. Let's look at a couple of those key sections then to finish up in Isaiah that are teaching this main goal. So, there's a section on your handout at the very bottom. Um, any other thoughts before I jump into that just to close um, so great are the words of Isaiah they tell of the Gentiles and the house of Israel and its redemption so you're like got it um, in this little section you can see I have a little little picture of um, the, the crown of Christ with little thorns but the suffering servant so there are a number of poems I know oh poems oh no they only rhyme in Hebrew, so you're good. Um, <laughs> can I share another aside? It was, it's been too heavy, so we gotta lighten it up. So part of my, part of my um, assignment I have to do for this prophets class that I'm taking is on Amos, the prophet Amos, you know, the prophet Amos. And we can do a, a, uh, a creative thing, like I can make a sculpture or a painting totally me, right? Or a, a song and, about Amos, and then I have to write a paper about it, but I have to show how it's the theme. So I was playing with it, and um, do you want to hear what I've come up with so much? Yes. Okay. It's only as, I only have a few verses so far yet. Um, I am Amos. Amos, I am. I am kosher. I don't eat ham. <laughs> That's about as far as I got. So, um, so I might have to write the paper option instead of the I don't know. My, actually, it got, it was terrible. My twin and I, I got in a text and I was like, you guys have to help me. I have to like write a poem or something. And my twin and I just texted Dr. Seuss Amos for like an hour. And so um, it's only funny to her and I, but, um, but it goes on and on, rhyming with words like bat. And um, because it's all kosher law. For some reason, we really got stuck in the food and something about Shabbat came in in the middle. I don't even think any of those are parts of Amos. Um, Anyway, okay. So I won't, uh, poetry, not my thing, but it is Isaiah's. 
So he writes um, four poems that are called the Servant Songs. That's what we call them now. I don't know what he called, what Isaiah called them. But he's going to write about this, this new hope. It's before Star Wars. This is the true new hope. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, those of you who knew that reference. You're my friends. The rest of you, I don't know who you are. But there's this new hope coming, this hope, this different thing. It's not just that the people are going to be great and they're just going to follow the law, right? There's something else coming um, that is going to help restore. Let's go to uh, Isaiah, 5, uh, Isaiah 50, 4 through 9. Uh, and I told you I was going to stay in the... Oh, here's the perfect song. I should just steal this. They wouldn't know. I could just, I could just uh, plagiarize my way to greatness. Okay. This song is actually creepy. Okay. <laughs> it's very Jewish. Okay, sorry. Okay, four fifty. I wanted to do. I'm sorry. Four through nine. Um. So he's talking. This one's the servant song. Is the third one. We read some of them last week, but um, the servant song is the third one, and he's talking about this servant. He's saying Israel. I'm going to do a new thing, and he says. I'm an Israel, you know, Israel, you're now my servant. So this servant, this is how I'm going to save my people, right? This is this new, new way, this new hope. This servant is going to do it. And we're probably thinking, yay, you know, Messianic king is going to come on a horse and he's going to beat the Assyrians and then the Babylonians, right? Right, it's going to work out. And then he tells them the great secret of who this is. Um, let me do... Someone have uh, 57 through 9? Let's just do that. 50, Isaiah 57 through 9. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, that I know that I shall not be ashamed. He is near that justifieth me, who will contend with me. Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they shall all, they all shall wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. So he's, the servant is speaking, and he said, "The Lord God's helped me, and I have not been disgraced." I'm tra my translation. Sorry, I have set myself. I've set my face like a flint. What's the imagery there? I've set my face like a flint. Who are we talking about? Christ. Okay, and we're talking about his atonement. So he he uh, turns. It says he sets his face like a, his face like a flint. Unshakable determination. Yeah, he's gonna he's going to do it, right? He's not going to take a step back. But it also uh, usually it determines like quiet, right? Like I'm not. I'm just I'm gonna do it. Right? I'm not complaining. I'm not whining. I'm not making a big deal about it. I'm just gonna do it. And then he also gives us another thing. Um, Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Was was the Savior guilty of any sin? No. no? Good. Then we have um, some famous sections here. Let's go to 53. Um, does somebody have 53, 4? Let's just do 4 through 6. 53, 4 through 6. It is? Will you read it for us, Cindy? Sure. You don't have to sing it. Okay. Okay. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, 
yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like yep. sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. What's happening in the story? The atonement, right? So this this new hope is different. This is surprising a little bit, right? He's going. What's going to happen to the Christ? He's going to come to save his people, all the sheep who have gone astray, right? But what's what's going to happen? It said he was um, pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. His wounds, his wounds were going to. Yeah, he's going to die, right? Through his death. Through his death. We shall be healed. Yeah. This is through our stripes, right? The whip, right, is going to be beaten. Um, that Christ, this new hope, is going to come and pay the price for, the, for our sins, right? Ultimately, that is the standard, right, that we're bearing. That Christ is the one that has suffered so that we can be saved. Our new hope is him. Uh, and that is my testimony as well. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Any other questions? Tonners, are we going to be okay through Hosea when you hit it in second Nephi now, you think? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Good luck.